Hello, and welcome to Conversations Between Widows. I am one of the co-hosts, Tanya Wilson. And I'm your other co-host, LaSharma Jefferson. And we're bringing you weekly conversations about our widow journey. Our purpose is to provide our listeners with a window seat into how two young women who became widows too soon are navigating life after their loss. Our goal is to provide another support system to other widows on the same journey to help them feel less alone. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and shake your head profusely in agreement to what Tanya and I and our guests are talking about. So come on in and enjoy the conversation. Sonny, how are you? Today is a day of rest. Uh. <laughs> yes, uh, just tired. Uh, I had a busy, busy week, uh, and the busyness has ended. But it's probably one of my busiest time with everything. I had uh, commitments that were back to back from Friday. Well, no, not from Friday, from Tuesday to now. Some stuff got done and some stuff didn't get done, but I am here to report that it's all good. You survived. I did. Yes, yes. Well, that is good. And how was your weekend? Uh, The week has been good. Um, I am... Once again, in a transition, <laughs> um, I think I reported on our last podcast um, that I got a job, a full-time yes. job um, with a li- uh, another library, an academic library. And mm-hmm. so I told my uh, boss at my current library where I work the most hours, and mm-hmm. I hadn't expected her to... <laughs> inform the office so quickly mm. but after we had our conversation and I had a conversation with my uh, supervisor she wound up uh, she sent out the email and I was like oh so I'm not one you know that likes to be the center of attention so much so it was kind of like just moments like everybody knows what you're doing and they're like, oh, congratulations and asking questions. And and now I feel like it's like this finality of well, even mm-hmm. though I'm still going to um, keep my foot in the door um, at this library. I'm going to work there a couple of weekends a month because I had some programs going on um, that I want to continue. And okay. I also want to um, still be an employee when in the event that they get a full-time uh, position, because another thing, we hadn't talked about it, but the library that I'm going to, I kind of got some information about the situation with that library. <laughs> so it's like, it's not going to be... Lord, what's that know, a situation? It's, it's very rare. I don't think I've ever in life, and not that I've went to so many jobs, but I actually had one of the um, current employees there reached out to me on LinkedIn and Mm. asked me, uh, girl, the the first question she asked was, did you quit your other job yet? (laughs) So I was like, "Um, 
well, not quite, but like, yeah. But so I talked to two people that kind mm. of said I might want to, you know, keep those other jobs going just in case, you know, things don't work out the way I want them to at um, this current library that I'm going to. Oh, but, really? But, but, but the thing, the, the interesting thing about it is that even before they told me that, Mm -hmm. I already wanted to keep my foot in the door. Yeah, yeah. Current library. So I'm kind of like, you know, this sound, this feels like a, a God thing, you know, kind of like, okay, I, I'm giving you this new opportunity so you can get out there, see what this is like, you know, but I also want you, you know, cover all bases, you know. So yeah. I'll see how things go. I'm still excited um, about the new job um, because. It's still going to be something different. And most importantly for me, I'm only doing this because it is a full-time job. <laughs> and um, that's what I want uh, to get, be able to start, you know, kind of investing back again in my retirement. Uh, you know, they have 401k and they also do some matching and then yeah. I'll get some medical benefits and could, you know, take care of some things that, you know, I put off for the past year. You know, so one thing that I've learned, like in this new transition, the that I'm in, it is not going to be the same as the life that I had 20 years ago. You know, like mm -hmm. when I started working with AT&T and I got there because it felt like such a secure job. You know, right. the benefits were good. The hours were good. The money was good. It was mm -hmm. like I really had no plans of leaving. And I kind of feel like in this period of my life, I'm not going to approach jobs like that. You know, like, oh, I'm here and I got to be here for so many years, you know, before I can look at other opportunity. Mm -hmm. You know, because I, I think in my past career life that I kind of did a disservice to myself staying in one place. But sometimes that's the way you grow, you know, is to go to different companies and, and move around. And even if I want to grow in this profession of librarianship, you kind of got to learn about different libraries. You know what I mean? Like you can't just go to one and learn how, because that's just how they do it. Another public library is going to do things different, have a different management style. An academic library is going to be something totally different from the public. So I'm looking forward to kind of um, broadening, you know, my um, my scope of understanding of this industry that I'm in, you know. So I'm still excited, you know, about the positions, but it was kind of stressful. <laughs> Over the last couple of days, like with getting this information and then I started thinking, oh, my goodness, is this a mistake? I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't do it. But then I also have those nerves just about when I have to leave something, it's always mm -hmm. a little bit of discomfort, you know, when you are stepping out of what you have become comfortable with, you know. So I know that's a part that was also a part of the anxiety that I experienced a little bit this week. Uh, but I'm, I'm feeling good now. I would say don't give up on it. I would say this. It is odd that they reached out to you because technically you haven't gotten there yet. So she could have been violating some type of rule. Like if somebody from Bullseye, you know, that's the company I work for currently or Lingo, reached out to a prospective employee and said, girl, keep your job. That would have been a, that's the grounds of dismissal. 
So that that's really she really that's a really gutsy move. But I, I offline I I can't wait to hear <laughs> how this was positioned because yeah. I, I would say go in there with an open mind, know that you have the experience and know who you are. Yeah. That would be what I would say. You know, it's gonna be many times where people will say, Well, I have occurred many times where people said I was too much, I was this, I was that. But one thing they couldn't say was my quality of work was not good. And I have always been a desirable employee for multiple groups and organizations I have worked for, even when I worked for Macy's and did the dresses. Um, I had a lady that purposely tried to uh, take me down. And but I they couldn't she couldn't deny my workload because I was a worker bee. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't deny those credit card uh because we got, you know, you definitely got points if you got people to do the credit card. Mm-hmm. And she definitely could not deny that because I was very uh, high. You, you were on that. Yeah, I was on that. So <laughs> You know, it's people like that you have to kind of be, you know, just a little worried about when they do stuff because they have alternative motives, too. Not saying that everybody's bad, but you just have to be on your P's and Q's. You got to know when somebody is talking real truth and when somebody is talking BS because they trying to get what you got. So it's definitely a game sometimes when you're in the workforce. Unfortunately, it's not a stressful, um, sometimes it can be stress-free and sometimes it can. Um, but I am happy that you got the position. I would definitely say go and check it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cause you still need your, you know, your benefits and stuff. You don't let nobody get your coins, but yeah, it's right. <laughs> um, a little stressful. Yeah, I think uh, Royal Oak likes the the work you've done. I think that, you know, them letting you do your own program, that's huge because a couple of places would have had you have to be employees for years before they give you even a shot. Um, and I know that firsthand. So the fact that they valued, you know, you at an early stage in employment to run those programs was huge. And like you said, you now you have your you know, public library from Royal Oak. You have the college experience from Oakland um, Community College. You know, those are things they can't take away. So I'm super excited about you getting ready for your new transition in the workplace. Yes, yes. Me too, me too. And then I came across and I wound up having a pretty busy weekend and I thought it was over today. But then... um. I forgot my sister and I are going to a concert later today. And so I, st- I started with like Friday. I met up uh, with one of my friends from my old job. We hadn't seen each other in about say, over six months. So we went out uh, for drinks after work. And then yesterday, uh, Saturday, my cousin had a party. So my sister and I. Uh, we went to the party, and then I was like, well, this is before the party started yesterday, when I was talking to my sister, then she mentioned, oh, yeah, we got the concert tomorrow. And I was like, oh, shoot, I forgot about that, because I had show planned on mm-hmm. chilling today, because I was like, oh, I just want to just chill, you know, right. but yeah, it's not so, and that's okay. 
But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm gonna get some rest. Oh well, mm. I'm going to see the grandbabies after work. After we uh, record today. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to drop some things off to my daughter, so I know I'll probably visit with them for a couple of hours and that's going to be nice because my little poo poo just she just brights my day you know when she just be so happy when she when the door opens and she sees her grandma her, mm-hmm. I'm telling you her, her eyes just light up and that's just that's just such a joy like if I'm ever feeling bad all I got to do is look at her picture <laughs> Oh yeah, it's a joy. So that's my my day and how my week was, and that's good. All is well. That is good. Well, this week I did actually squeeze in enough time to finish uh, reading our topic of today, which is our book. Right, we're month. doing our our book club. We haven't done a book since the uh, the fiction book. I think we read. Right. Oh, so right. that was that back in the summertime, maybe. That no, one. I want to say fall. You I think, think it was fall? fall? Yeah, I think we did one more in fall. Uh, you made a death over. with your beauty, or you made a fool of death with your beauty. I think I thought that was the last one we did. Is it? Uh, I would have to come, you know. Yeah, I can't. Well, I, I know. We, 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 we over 40 now. We can't be remembering all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like we have been uh, one more after that. But yes, um, I think that I remember that one. Definitely. So with this one, this was another one of your recommendations, which was a confessions of a mediocre widow. Yes, and then the what's the subtitle or how I lost my husband and my sanity. Uh, yes. This is by Catherine Tidd is her name. Yes. Uh, yes. So this is an interesting read. I listened to it. I think did you listen to it too? Right, you listened yes. to it as well. I love getting books and audio. <laughs> yes, um, audio works for me because I don't have time or you know the fact that I strain my eyes to watch you know on the computer. Mm-hmm. Eight hours a day, I can't turn around and read sometimes. Yeah, it's draining because I, I still love I love to read. I love to you know hold the book and all. But like you said, I think for me, I found that the best way for me to get reading done is to mm-hmm. read like first thing in the morning. You know, like <laughs> when you go in the bathroom, like okay, let me take this book with me. You know, read a couple of pages because once you start on the computer, on your tablet or your, your phone and all of that stuff. By the end of the day, your eyes are definitely strained. So I know yeah. a lot of people uh, still pride themselves on being voracious readers and they're reading those print books and, you know, so more power to them. But I will definitely get that book in audio <laughs> if it is available. Yes, yeah. and I agree. Yeah, audio, audible, it helps me a whole lot. But the book, the book is a must read. I must admit, like it was pretty good. It was it was long in the chapters, mm-hmm. but it was a really uh, good book because she detailed widow journey, and it was more authentic and raw. It wasn't the whole, you know, I went through grief and then I found this light and. Now I'm good. You know what I'm saying? She went through the whole thing from the funeral down to 
trying to find support down to even dating. And the last guy I thought she was dated would have mm. been the one. You know, that wasn't the case. So Right. That, and, and that's and that's a good um, truth, you know, to share in your widow journey, you know, because we, we take that leap out there when we decide to start dating, you know, and it's like, OK, I know what I want. You know, we, we've been talking, you and I, amongst ourselves about writing our list, you know, what we want, things like that. But in dating, you're always going to, you know, in most cases, you know, you're going to bump your head before you <laughs> get to that relationship that you really deem worthy, you know, of sticking with and where they're meeting, you know, those things that are not the things that are non-negotiables, you know, for you, that they're meeting, you know, the majority of, of the standards that you set for yourself. And even with that, that's just on your end. You know what I mean? Because we have another person in that relationship. We don't know what's on their list. You know what I'm saying? So they might meet your requirements. But, you know, by the time the relationship gets into the nitty gritty, you know, you might not be it for you, you know, so it's, it's two people involved, you know, in relationships and, you know, it can end when you don't want it to end. And sometimes you have to be the one to end it. But Absolutely. It and we're going to get to that one. <laughs> we're going to get to that one because that was towards the end. Mm -hmm. And I had wrote some notes on there because it was a couple where they where she went through something with that last one mm -hmm. and it almost tugged at my heart. I felt like I felt the same trigger as I did when I watched um, from scratch. So when it turned mm -hmm. out being differently, I, you know, I want to get to that because that was like, Oh my God. And that's what she said. You know, that's just the reality of getting back out there and dating again that, you know, you might become, you know, if you get with somebody, you fall in love again, you might become a widow yeah. again. So so before we get into it, I just want to give like a brief synopsis of, of go, go ahead. With, uh, Catherine. Uh, so it says, um, I spent my 11th wedding anniversary planning my husband's funeral. Mm -hmm. That right there. So now she's involuntarily single. This is the true story where Catherine Tidd finds herself just three weeks after turning 31. That's younger than me and Tanya. So widowhood, mm -hmm. it strikes whenever. So she's right. the widowed, she's widowed with three children, under six, <laughs> a rusty resume, she says, no fixed skills and no clue as to live, as to live life as a widow. She mm -hmm. can't help but be a little exasperated with her dead husband for leaving her to deal with life on her own. Uh, Catherine, she's in charge of her life in a way she never wanted to be, in a way that would have most of us reeling and numb. But she soon realizes that when you call the shots, you can make the pedicures one of the stages of grief and the moving forward might be more fun in a new sports car. So this is her honest confessions of a mediocre widow, and it's a glimpse into the heartbreaking and sometimes humorous, humorous world of a young widow who learns it is possible to find joy in an unexpected life. 
Wow. So the fact that she lost her husband, 31 years old, Mm -hmm. with such young children. And under six years old, I mean, wow. Because I think she was a stay-at-home mom. She was. She didn't she um, stay at home mom. She didn't go yeah. back to work for like I think a couple of years after he passed. But yeah, yeah, she, she was a stay-at-home mom. And she was a stay-at-home mom because there were three kids. It was better, and her husband was making um a lot more money. In fact, he was trying to get to uh the six digits, I believe. He was on his way climbing up because he wanted to be like the head of um, the company that he worked for at the time, kind of like the VP. So okay. He had a he had a goal in mind as well. Um, and then she meant important because as she going through this grief, she had to deal with you know the in laws, and one of the in laws said to her at the funeral. Well, I mean after the funeral, I think it was the mother in law. Well, you're always, after she gave him the, because she got him cremated, so she gave him the ashes, but then mm-hmm. she said um, afterwards, you will always be um, my daughter-in-law, and she kind of looked like, I never thought of it that, you know, once that person dies, that you're not married at that time, like, you're, you know, you're widowed, but the marriage has been you know, to death do us part, that's when that marriage is known. And so for her to say that, she kind of was like taking it back. And I felt like the mom could have saved that comment. You know what I'm saying? You know, when you still love her, that she know, you know, you could say, I love you instead of I still love you. You know what I'm saying? Because when you say I still love you, you could be saying that in a way that they did something to you. She didn't do anything to you to say I still love you. I love you and your family. That's it. Right. I'm here for you. Yeah. When people try to take your title away, they try to make you feel less dead. It's not acceptable, um, in my opinion. And it it was something that, you know, I'm glad she pointed out because people will do that. They will demolish your uh, title. I know uh, when old past, even some years now, people, that's why I tell people, you got to be careful how you tag because other people can see you. And I have friends that reach out to me and say, well, they, weren't you blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, he's gone. So that's why I'm not. And they like, mm-mm. Because, again, you right. And, and you're talking about meaning the friends, like you're not in relationship yeah, with those friends? it can be friends or family. It can okay. be anybody. Um, it can be on both sides of the family. You know, I know I have some families, like my brother-in-law always calls me his sister. Mm-hmm. And I think that's huge because, you know, technically we, you know, the marriage dissolved. He could say, oh, she's not my sister anymore because my, my brother is gone. But no, he always says my sister. And, you know, and I, I appreciate that because some people like after the marriage, it's gone. like even with my dad's situation with the stepmother, I still call her my stepmother, mm-hmm. even though. She is no longer married to my my um, dad because of the fact that she was still family. There's right. years of that and the demolish a title. I had a, a family member that really got offended when his obituary that she was a friend. Technically, that you know she was, but she was no longer married to my cousin. But to me, I understood where she was coming from. You're still family when you put those years in. You go to all the events. You talk to, you know, my aunt every other day. 
she could have had the title of cousin. You know what I'm saying? Because that is what she is. All right. that, that, sometimes you earn that title. So for somebody to wash it away, and like I said, I'm usually good is when other people points it out to me. I'm like, okay. And then you call yourself um, defended it, but then you kind of learn your place. Like, okay, am I defended it, this person? Because that might not be what they think of me. But that was exactly, you know, when she brought that up, I felt like that was huge because it's like the mom probably didn't know the proper way of saying it. And the proper way of saying that would have been, I love you your family. Yeah. And, and, and I'm then, pretty sure she would not have added it to her book if that's what she said. Because <laughs> she she sure put that in the book it was like, I'm really I'm really your daughter in law, but okay. Because didn't they so, have an issue like and how she talked about and then she also talked about um her parents. Cause she had a you know, she was getting a little, you know, at the beginning I think we get unnerved. But wait, I want to go back to the the in-laws because wasn't okay. an issue too with um, the husband wasn't seeing his family. Like, it seems like they were seeing her family then they were seeing, like, it was like a little tension or something with the um, in-laws. I think it was that, to be honest with you, I don't know if it ever, if she ever went into detail. Mm-hmm about that tension but i do uh remember that she um when she mentioned that that that's all i remember i don't remember if she ever went back to it i know when things um parents i know she had a little um I ain't gonna say tiff with them but she had a like with the mom she had her mom yeah yeah because her mom was trying to help and that's the thing. People don't know how to help you because they can't fix death. And then you, know the thing, yeah, you don't even know what you need. I mean, it's 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 a new yeah. process for both of the people going through it. Like the person grieving. You've never grieved the loss of a spouse before. So you don't even know what you right. need. And then the person trying to comfort you and help you that she was the first a big uh, I forget which order she fell. I think she was the youngest. So they had never dealt with uh, one of their kids who lost somebody. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like both of these people are in this situation of life blind. You know what I'm saying? Like they're they're both trying to maneuver, you know, giving and getting what they need. And I like the fact that, you know, her, because, oh, my God, you think your parents move in with you? I couldn't imagine, you know, because you've been living by, you're just with your spouse. And then now all of a sudden your parents are there trying right. to be helpful. But as moms in particular can be, <laughs> they can start being a little overbearing, you know, and you just need your space and you just need your time to do you and not with your mom, you know, kind of hovering as mothers can do. So I, I think too, because I, I think mothers, when we hover, well, because we both mothers now, I know. Hover, <laughs> it's because we we never wanted to see our kid go through that. Yeah, you we want to fix it. We want to fix everything, yeah. even the things that we have no authority to try to fix, not the ability to try to fix it. And but, there's no way to really fix it that that's that's the thing like death is final it's like you can't go back you can't reverse the time you can't do it it is final so there's no way to really fix it 
And I think that's what she was in because, you know, they would get upset and, you know, she got upset with her. And I think she ended up calling her again when she needed a little bit of a break. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. she would talk about sitting in the car was giving her a little peace. But what I did like about her, too, she kept it real. You know what I'm saying? She talked about the time uh, where her and her husband wasn't, you know, there were times when they didn't get along. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it wasn't like she painted a fairy tale. Oh, you know, we were so amazed. We were unacceptable. You know, this was what it was. Um, and she said, oh, she mentioned, too, about the friends. Lucky. <laughs> she said to the one, she wanted to say to the friend, I don't think she said it to her. She was like, no, we weren't lucky. We planned. We planned just oh, in yeah, case right. what the, um... this was to happen. And I think that's the thing about death. I think death is one of those, it's the unforbidden. People don't like to talk about it. The only time it gets talked about is for you to go to heaven, you have to do these things. And that's when you hear it from the pastor. He never says, you need to get your affairs in order, get your life insurance, get you some stock. <laughs> he never says that. Put you a rainy day fund against something happens. I have yet to hear that. No. no but you do <laughs> hear, if you don't do these things, when you meet the end of heaven, and they, you know, they make heaven sound so beautiful, which it is. But what about the people that's left behind? Because the person in heaven at that point has a choice. Right. right. They are done. They're done with life. They're not yeah. suffering. They got to worry about no bills. They don't have to worry about their yeah. kids. I mean, they have completed their life's journey here on earth. Yeah. The so ones that are they left behind, not? they're the yeah. ones that have to think about oh, man, I got these kids to raise by myself. Like, I didn't intend to be a single parent. Now I'm a single parent. What am I going to do? Yes. So you have to... (laughs) I feel like the the way of pastoring has to shift a little bit, too, because you need to start catering to the ones that's left behind because they are the ones who get impacted by the death. They're the ones who have to pick up the pieces and go. That person is at rest. You know what I'm saying? This person is not. They staying up at night, can't sleep at night. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I get that, and and man, that's good. You know, um, <laughs> well, I, I think we can hang it up on on the pastors giving us financial planning advice. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to happen. Wait a minute, because you know what they're going to do? They're like, you know, the pastors are more concerned with. You paying those tithes and offerings to the church to keep that church open. So they are not going to be telling you, get your life insurance together. Uh, You know, they're they're just not, you know, (laughs) but it would be nice. It would be nice, you know, if if they did, you know, throw that out there. Because the one thing, what I like, there are a couple things about the Bible that, that stand out to me. And the people in the Bible, they all have their life journey. But one, it's a couple things that are going to happen in this life. One of them, as the Bible tells us, you are going to have trouble in this life. You're going to hurt. You're going to cry. 
you're going to be, you're going to have some good times, you're going to have bad times, and then we're going to pass away. There's no getting out of that. You know what I'm saying? We are not immortal, you know? So in knowing that, we have to use the wisdom that, you know, God blesses us with, you know? We have to pray for God to give us that wisdom because it is hard. And definitely, like you think with them, 31 Mm -hmm. years old, they were young, you know? So a lot of times when we're young, Death is the last thing on our minds. <laughs> we are not, we think we got this long life ahead of us. You have people that, that work for companies and don't invest in the 401k plan, you know, because they don't want that money going somewhere else. They want to be able to enjoy that money right now because that's how young people tend to think, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a blessing if you could get somebody to drop those nuggets, you know, into you when you're young to say, hey, yeah, we know you don't want to think about 30 years from now, but that's what, you know, your savings is for. You can't spend it all up because you have to plan because we don't know how long we're going to live. You might live yeah. until you're in your 80s and 90s and you're not going to be working. So you want to have something to sustain, you know, your lifestyle there, you know, but I think that's just really kudos to them for being as young as they were, you know, mm-hmm. to have, so, have planned the way that they planned. Yeah. And, I, you know, the same here, like, again, I think because I was hit with death at an early age, and so, uh, you know, and O wasn't too far behind with the losing of his dad, that we did have some sort of planning in place, and we were young as well. Again, Mm -hmm. we're dropping the nuggets if the nuggets need to be picked up, put down. If you're a kid that's listening right now. You need to invest. You need to have a plan B. Yeah. And even if you're a widow, if you're a widow and, you know, whether it happened when you were, you know, a young person and your spouse and yourself, you all didn't have these things in order, then your responsibility is to tell the people that are coming after you. You know, it's like learn from your experience, you know, like, hey do this, you know, make sure you have that insurance together. If you, there's like, I have a couple of different uh, policies and the thing with those policies, you have to keep those up because if you, you can't miss payments because that's just wasted money. So like, even though now, because what I did when I was working with AT&T, of course, I had my life insurance through that company. But it's also important to have life insurance outside of the company that you work for, because you're only in that group insurance plan while you're employed there. Say it again. (laughs) You are only with that company insurance plan while you're employed there. And and your life insurance, you know, all that stuff changes. I was 22 years old when I started with my company. I have any health issues and stuff like that. Well, if I waited until I was 45 to leave my company, now I'm trying to get life insurance as a 45-year-old person. Mm-hmm. It's different at 45 than it was at 20-something, you know. Right. But it's, and I didn't. I wish I had thought about having insurance outside the company way back then, you know. But I did consider that uh, even before I left my company. It was like, you know what, mm-hmm. you need something. Aside from this, you know, so I did get that. And even with the fact that I have been working for the past year on a part time salary, guess what? I still had to keep those insurance policies paid because it would be it would just be wasted money if I let those lapse. 
Absolutely. You know, and you, so. And I commend you on that because that's something I always think about too. If I was to ever lose the, the full time gig, I would mm-hmm. have to have enough to make sure I pay that too. That would be like a necessity bill only because we know that death is no stranger to us. So mm-hmm. it happens. Uh, where some people do live kind of in a bubble, they might not see it that way. It happens. And to be able to leave that so somebody can take care of my son for me mm-hmm. without having to be stressed, having to lose their hair or anything to kind of keep him afloat, this is what I'm doing for him. And then he can take that if he wanted to get married or go to school and do that with him without being stressed. That's the point of the insurance. But we're going to have um, our good Kia um, Fry on. All right. We got some guests coming to talk about insurance. Right, yeah. Later on, we're going to have her come in and talk about the importance of um, insurance. But I do like that she said it. And then, yes, are we going to hang up with the pastors? <laughs> Changing the view there. But I do want to mention what she mentioned about church because the lady was telling her um, she had spoke to a lady and she said, I know I haven't been. She said, only when you're ready. She said, I was widowed. And she said, it took me four years. <laughs> to go back to church. To go back to church. So whenever you feel ready, come back. And I felt like that was like the realest comment. You could tell that lady had been through loss. You know what I'm saying? Yes, you know, you're not turning your back on God, but sometimes it just the person doesn't need to go to church um, right away because you got people that's kind of nosy. They want to know what happened. They asking questions. Yeah. You see, you know, couples, you see family, you see stuff that you used to have and you got to think about it. Somebody that's mourning what they did not have. It's hard. And sometimes when the death happens, you have to rediscover yourself. And sometimes, taking a step back from everything and looking at what is going to be fulfilling for me now, what's going to make me happy is more, you know, the place. So I do like that she did mention that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I just love the way she talks about it. I mean, she even mentioned a more open part where um, the witness that witnessed the accident mm. had reached out to her and I that pulled at my little heart. Yeah. And he said all he kept saying is how much he loved her and the kids. And I was like, Ooh, I don't know if I could have took that call. You got to talk to my husband at the end. Man, I was there when yeah. my husband passed. So I didn't have you know, I I I got to, you know, I was able to be by his side in the midst of his passing which is a hard thing, but, you know, not being there would be even more harder. And to hear somebody else say that, and that was the last thing on his mind was his love for his family, you know, and I like that she puts that in there, you know, I like that she put in there about her children, the struggle with one. I think she got into it with a lady at the grocery store. (laughs) I was dying because she said the ladies, that's what she called the mom. That was the incident that made her call her mom back. And she's like, well, I think the child, you know, child protective services is coming because she had a son. She talked about their son, the one that tested her, the one that might have been the one that was grieving the most because he was the youngest. I think he was three, you know, when the father passed. Yeah. So he don't have the memory. So he mad because he don't have the memory. You know what I'm saying? Probably. 
I'm just guessing, but that I think that's what goes along because at three, you're not going to remember too much. I don't think my memory, cognitive memory kicked in fully until five. Four, I can remember like speck of things. Like I remember when they stole mom's car outside the daycare. Because <laughs> that was a traumatic experience of watching her try to run to the car. But my mom is, uh, she takes short steps. So running was kind of weird. And I was, I could see her running and I could try to see her hit the passenger side girl. <laughs> and he jumped in the car and takes off and drives off with her car because she left the car running trying to oh, get me to school oh. yeah i remember that and i remember her crying and crying and i think my i think shortly after that granny came up to kind of help but um yeah that's one thing that's when i realized that early age i didn't like seeing my mom cry it it like it would pull at me for, I think that's oh, yeah, when I became yeah. very protective of her at that moment. To be honest with you, because I hate when somebody screams, my mom, oh, you better be ready because I'm about to throw down. But I think that's the moment that I became very protective of her because I was mm-hmm. like, somebody has to protect mom. But I mean, she was trying, girl. You should have seen her try to run to that car. Try to run for it. And lock it out. But, you know, give it up to the guy that stole the car because he ended up mailing the bills. Because my mom called the bills to, you know, to stop all her bills and her checks and stuff was in there. Uh-huh. He mailed her bills to her? Yep. Yep. In the age, <laughs> they mail your bills. Now, they're they not going to mail your bills if they steal your stuff. So don't. Oh, my goodness. But in the 80s, they had a little respect. They they're like, oh, this bills. lady trying to take care of her business. Here you go. In the mailbox for you. I like, look, dude, you <laughs> took the car. Like, you took the car. You got the bills. It's your job to pay them now. <laughs> yes, but um, just to go back to you know the meltdown the little kid had in the grocery store, and the lady was like, "That's borderline abuse." I don't even know if she she didn't even touch the kid. I think she said something to the Girl, kid. Oh yeah, people need to mind their business. I'm That's like, what I want people to do for 2023. I think I say that every um, every year. And I have a sign that I'm looking at right now that I got from Etsy Olivia's brown sugar box that says, Minding My Business. I mm. think that's what people need to do. A bouncement, mind the business that pays you. The yes. little kid was having a screaming attack. Like you said, they usually cut up when they're outside. Don't let it be of the grocery store because that's, they find, that's the favorite place to act up. Right. So I I did like that. What was some of the stuff you And then you just feel so judged, you know, yeah. in a situation like that. You know, parenting is is hard enough, you know, than having somebody else look at you and and judge you. Mm-hmm. And she you wanted know? to tell her that I'm a widow, I do you know, I'm doing this by myself. But they don't right. you don't owe you don't owe because even if she had a husband at home. If I'm dealing, I'm dealing with my child the way I see fit to deal with my child. Like you are not the parenting police now, and I think it's a you know it's so many different ways of parenting kids, and I know a lot of people you know have the issues with um, you know whooping the kids, and most people not spanking no kids in public. You know what I mean? They gonna mm-hmm. take you to a bathroom or something like that, you know. But l- let that person be glad they're parenting their child. Yeah, you know, some people aren't parenting at all. Yeah, and sometimes let me tell you, if you're going through the grief that you're going through, you don't feel like talking to nobody, including the kid. Sometimes, so you you for her to you know, like she said, I was forced to put, I was forced to build a new life. It wasn't like she got the choice, and that's the difference. um, I think 
um, is that you're forced to build this new life. You didn't get a choice. This ain't the baby mama, baby daddy. I think that's another thing she said, too. She stopped saying that she was, uh, I don't think she brought up that she was a single mom because it automatically went to, oh, what, what divorce went bad or what relationship went bad when really she was a widow. So it wasn't like, People weird and there's weirdos out here and you get to see them more now with <laughs> social media. But I feel like, you know, she's that was the reason why she had to change kind of like her approach. And then she talked mm-hmm. about online dating. What you think about that, girl? You know, yeah, one that took me out. I was like <laughs> I was like, throw the whole thing away. Oh my gosh, yeah. Just the fact that she even got out there um being willing to date. <laughs> So her experiences were uh, like not far, you know, from some of, well, I mean, you haven't done it as much. I mean, I don't know. I haven't done it to the degree that I thought I would because it's such an annoying process. But I've got, I guess I feel like I haven't given up hope. And um, I like that she jumped out there to try it. Now, one of the things that stood out to me, well, one of the quotes that she had in the book was she said, Life is change. Growth. Oh, gosh, I wrote it down. It was something about, oh, growth being a choice. Yeah. That's what it's like. Yeah, life is the things that happen in life, like things happen in life to you. But you have the ability to decide how you're going to deal with it. Yeah. So it said life is change. Growth is optional. Mm-hmm. You know, so we can look at our situations when we are <laughs> afflicted, we're dealing with certain things and we have to make decisions. OK, am I going to move forward with this, mm-hmm. you know, make the best of the situation? Or I don't even know if you should say make the best. It's just accepting the fact that you still have your life to live. You still have a responsibility to the children that you have yeah. to raise. You still have to show up to be the best mom or the best dad to those children because they're just as affected, you know, by the passing of the other parent as you are, you know, but the parent can't afford, you know, to break down and totally lose it. You know, you, you have your moment, you give yourself those moments, you know, but you got to look at those children who are looking to you. Because they're looking to you for the guidance. Like, okay, mama, how are we going to handle this? (laughs) Daddy, how are we going to handle this? You know, and it's not going to be perfect. And I think that being um, authentic and Mm -hmm. showing your kid, no, it's not easy. But this is is what we have to do. So I really like, and I think that her book speaks to that, you know, and she was, she's showing us, you know, through her whole process, even with the dating, getting back into the workforce, you know, uh, choosing how she was going to parent her relationship with her parents. You know, they were there to help her, but at a point she had to let them go, you know, she had to let them go back home because she needed to do it herself. Yeah, and it's good if you can recognize that. Some people need more strength than others. I have, you know, heard different stories uh, being in the, you know, widow community where some had been without their kids a year. 
somebody had to raise them for her to they get their self back together because of the traumatic experience of losing that spouse or it was some drama with it. Mm. So it's kind of a two for one. Yeah, you do have to get back to living. That's for sure. But if it takes longer, it's okay. That's where we got to, like, because everybody doesn't have that strong mindset to pick right up right away. Yeah, that's true. You have to get back to living, but do it at your pace where you're ready. And it will come when you are ready to get back out there and, you know, and live. And I think that's, yeah, she that's what she sent the mama home then because she was like, okay, I got to figure this out. Because right. my mom was probably slightly getting on her nerves. And, but at the same time, mom and dad, they came through. They was in some clutches, I know. That was beautiful. Like, the, even that they could come and stay with her. You know, because yeah. I think definitely the kid factor, the fact that you got three children mm-hmm. under six years old, yeah, I think it was necessary for the parents I, to come and stay for loved, a short time. I would have loved to have that my actual parents, because I did have bonus uh, parents that did come and help me out with us. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily stay, but help me. <clears throat> but my actual parent, my father, he didn't come and stay. You know what I'm saying? It was just a check-in every now and then. My mother would have been there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. In fact, I probably would have to pick her up because she loved O as much as I did. She said on him as a son. So it would have been heartbreaking to see him die because then she would have felt like she lost Tina all over again. So I'm glad she mm-hmm. wasn't here because that would have really hit her differently than it would have hit me. I lost my love, my husband. She lost a son. That would have been exactly how she would have saw it. Yeah. And she would have had to try to pick herself up because who... Somebody has to be strong for my baby girl. And I know she would have been struggling between mm-hmm. the two. So, you know, that I commend her for having the parents because they came through to her another incident when she was dating. So, like, one of the dating incidents I wanted to mention was she was dating a guy and she went to dinner or something. And they came back and the lady was like, I don't think they realized that she was the, the other girl. <laughs> And she didn't realize it either until they said, oh, I wish so-and-so could date a girl like you versus this other girl. And she was like, whoa. Yes, girl. I I, they know if you remember that. Yes. No. She was the the side. She was the side, boo. Wow. I'm going to quote my girl uh, today because I think I saw it on her post. We are not side chicks. We had a whole husband. Okay. (laughs) So I want to go there because that is how some people, like, they don't understand you, you, I'm not saying we're different. We, you know, we better than some people. We're not, but we don't want to be mistreated. And this is the reason why, because we were a whole wife, you know what I'm saying? So we know how it is to be married. We know how it is to be with somebody and being the side boot was not it. So I'm glad she was able to get out of that situation but uh, yeah, that was something that girl. That's oh, here it go. I was a wife, so don't want no person being a side chick. <laughs> that's wow. that, that's for you, Catherine, because that's exactly how he was trying to have you out here. Oh my like gosh, a, like that's so disrespectful. Boot. Yeah. So she did find a nice guy, and they dated for um, a couple of years, and even the kids were happy. And when they broke up. That's yeah, the yeah, I remember that. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fresh and, like, I I listened to this book. Yeah, you listened to it a couple, yeah, a couple months, months ago. ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so they, you know, but uh, he had a health scare, 
And she was so frightened that she was going to have to go through the same thing again. Like she went mm-hmm. through where they said he didn't make it, blah, blah, blah. And they end up, it wasn't as serious as they thought, but the fact that her parents came to sit here with you. Can we just be here for you again? I thought that was huge. I feel like yeah, that's I'm... a huge thing because here she goes, she was battling again, this hurt, this pain. And keep in mind who she dated was a divorcee. He hurt. He's in pain too. Yeah. Not because of death, because it didn't work out in the last relationship. So I think they kind of battled that back and forth. And, you know, she detailed when they said, I love you. I told you the book was long. It's long, y'all. It's long, but it's a good one. Uh, So I just love it. But the kids were impacted by the breakup. Yeah, they really were. That's the hard part about dating with kids. Mm -hmm. You know, it really is. Um, You know, my family with my late husband, we were a blended family. And I just remember when I divorced my my first husband, I did that partly because I felt like we got married too soon and I didn't feel like we were really right for each other, you know, for this lifetime commitment of marriage. Mm -hmm. But by this time, we had our daughter. So in dating, my dating was never like, his dating because I had our daughter 24 seven. Like we did not have a shared custody situation, you know? So whereas he could have relationships, men, I mean, uh, women coming and going, you know, we worked it out right now It's over now. And he could do all of that stuff outside of the vision of our, our, our daughter. Whereas with myself, I had to have a whole different mindset with dating because my child lived with me, you know, and whoever I was dating, it was going to have an impact, you know, and if if they got, if I got close with a person, then my child is going to also get close with that person if that relationship goes on for a significant amount of time. And then if it ends, your child is going to grieve that loss as well. So it's it's really challenging um, dating as a, I'm going to call it a solo parent. It really yeah. is because, because you have, you have so much more to think about than just yourself. Yeah. And solo parenting is, yeah, because at one point you were, you know, like you said, you was the only parent <laughs> contributing to raising the kids and then you did you know when you had your husband that made a full complete family and then he passed now you're back to solo parenting even though he wasn't the kid's father he still played a you know he played an important role because that was a male figure they saw all the time a father figure Mm -hmm. yeah it was a male figure he saw all the time and that's the thing like the solo parenting and then you know the kids you know when they were crying and she didn't understand and she was like oh wow then she understood oh i have to date um kind of intentionally because my kids are now being impacted i just think about what ox told me a few months back Mom, why you don't have no boyfriend? They don't like you. Oh, I'm like, boy, shut your and mouth. And because shut his mouth. No, girl, I said, <laughs> nope, they don't like mom. And he kind of looked at me like, you. Oh, <laughs> like, but I love you, mommy. Yeah. Did he hit you with that one? I love nope, you. He just looked at me like, <laughs> dang. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Dude, they don't like her, so now I ain't got no daddy. Because he, he wants that the other day. Actually, Friday. Was it Friday? It might have been yesterday. Well, this boy asked me why he ain't got no siblings. I was like, I was like, well, we didn't quite get to that. Dad passed before more kids could come. I said, you want a sibling? Yeah, but I know what it is. He wants to feel complete. That's what it is. He doesn't feel his family is complete because he doesn't have a big family. And it's so funny because I like the family feel because I had my mom and grandma. It was always a family cohesive. Mm -hmm. Of course, his memory doesn't remember him him and my, uh, me and my husband together, Mm -hmm. but he remembers the feeling of it. And he knows whatever that feeling was, it felt good. And I want that again. And so I think that's how the kids took it in the book, too. They wanted that. They liked that feeling. They got somebody they could see all the time. And boy, she went through some ups and downs with him not to be able to work it out. I said, girl, she was about to stand by your side and help you through cancer treatments just to find out it wasn't cancer. But you just, you y'all just broke up. But I mean, when people are not ready, they're not ready, you know? Yeah, that's what it's just, I'm, I'm telling you. I think throughout my life and the things I've been through, <laughs> my thoughts and expectations of relationships, it is so different than, you know, like 20, I'm going to say 27-year-old with Sherman. It's just like, I wanted, I wanted that life. I mean, when I was a single mom with my daughter, it was like, I did not feel like my life was complete without having you know, a father figure for her. I didn't like being single and, um, you know, dating different people. That's why every time I would meet somebody, I really wanted that relationship to work out because, like I said, I was doing this in front of my daughter, dating in front of her. So I didn't want to date different people, you know, so I tried to be selective and listen, oh, he's a nice guy. He's got a good job. You know, let's see if this works. And I think I tried to force relationships to be better than what they were Mm -hmm. just so that it would be a sense of stability, you know, but now like after being divorced, you know, twice and the relationship that I had with my late husband was, even though we had that family unit, it still was not the happiest of homes that I really wanted for myself. So that is really making me, um, it's it's definitely affecting what I want in my life now, as far as a relationship, what I even think is possible. You know, that I was talking to a girlfriend this morning via text. She's been dating a guy for six years and on the surface, things look well you know they're talking about getting married and Mm -hmm. then she hits me with some stuff today (laughs) that Uh she's been silently suffering with that that she hadn't really shared before and that just put this bad taste in my mouth like man you know we try so hard to have relationships and keep them going but i'm just like people are just i mean i don't want to be a debbie downer because i'm about to be like people we're so imperfect you know just as people and it's it is very it's probably the biggest challenge 
that God left us to deal with one another, you know, just in loving each other, even not just in romantic relationships and any relationships, you know, people hurt each other without trying to. Sometimes mm-hmm. people hurt each other intentionally, you know, because they going through something and mm-hmm. it's just really hard trying to you know, get something to just be smooth sailing. Even when it's smooth sailing, you still don't have bumps in the road. And when you hit those bumps in the road, it can sometimes feel like it's the worst thing to ever happen, <laughs> you yeah, know, and, and then you get through it and then you're like, okay, i made it. That wasn't that. bad at all. Right. Yeah. And then you hit something again. You're like, oh my God, this is terrible. I've never gone through this before. Yeah. And it's like, that's just our life journey, you know, just the ups life. Now, see, I think that's what helped me because my first heartbreak was the first guy I gave a, a, a slight chance to. But uh, what after uh, being widowed, and he couldn't remember my name. So I had to t- tell myself, you're over here upset, mad. This guy did not care, and that's okay. You know what I'm saying? Move on. As Granny would say, it's more fish in the sea, baby. He is not the be all end all. And then that, when I looked at it, I'm like, you over here sweating over somebody that looked like Humpty Dumpty. Uh uh-uh, uh, stop. <laughs> and you could have just, you know, you're a, you're a beautiful girl, you're smart, you go on to the next. And if they don't work out, you got to keep going. Uh, the latest one was a, a, a little of a heartbreak I discussed with you uh, earlier, just in case he's listening. Uh, but, you know, I had to understand where that person was at. And so then I adapt. And my thing is, when I put you in the friend zone, you never get out of it. I have never let anybody out the friend zone. That's how, <laughs> mm, I know. You've been permanently demoted. Yeah, when you're demoted, that's it. I don't, you don't get promoted again. So I get, you know, some people need more time, but just understand your demotion when I demote you. It, it is what it is. And I move on because I, I want to be treated good. I heard her. She mentioned about the Christmas gifts. She said, I thought it was Christmas. She said, I believe in Santa Claus as long as I was getting gifts. And that's what I heard. Probably her love language, receiving gifts. I like gifts, too. Yeah. Affirmations and gifts. So, yeah, I like that. Like I said, girl, the book was a 10 out of 10 for me. I give her a 10. <laughs> I had to get past the first couple of chapters because she was talking about the funeral. And I think that trip. Yeah, it's hard to get through that. And that's why I said that I'm like, when I think about writing my own book, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if I'm, I'm I want to try not to focus so much on that part of it, at least not in the beginning, because I think that kind of puts people like, man, this is going to be sad. <laughs> I think if you do a, like a reflection every now and then, like say if something comes up and you have a flashback of what might have occurred at the funeral that would probably work better like throughout the book like mm-hmm. if you did a flashback yeah because when she put it at the beginning i was like who but well so i got past that funeral baby i was like crack it up crying yeah because then because then you're getting into the part of life like that you probably have you can identify with as well yeah. and not so much on, on the sad part of it you know right, so right. none of us want to reflect on you know when we lost our our person you know because i'm like i will always remember you know that time because i've never experienced it before and it's just Mm -hmm. like sometimes i look at pictures i don't have a lot of pictures like on display um of my husband 
I but put it back up. They're on my phone. Well, <laughs> they're on my phone. And so okay. when I go through my phone, um, when I'm scrolling, looking for something else, and then I see pictures of him, you know, and me and him. I do that as well. I feel like I'm, I, it still like feels like surreal. Like, man, mm-hmm. I cannot believe, you know, he was here. He was here and now he's not here. And it's like so much time. I mean, it's five years. Five years is not a lot of time. But at the same time, it's been a lot going on in those five years. Right. You know, but yeah. Anytime you pick up a book and it's about widowhood, it, it, it takes you back, you know, to that moment. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. But this it was, was a, this of, was a this good was a, book, though. It was very good. It's very recommended. And I hope it blesses somebody else. Like, I, I pretty much gave away some of the secrets, but if you haven't already seen it, don't listen to the episode. <laughs> if you haven't read it, don't listen to the episode. But I see her put that in a movie. Of course, it'd be cut down. It's streaming. Mm-hmm. But if she did a movie on it, I think that would make a good movie book, too. It would make a good one. The Mediocre Widow. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would, I think it would be good. So... This is another good one. And then we're going to do our next one for next month. So we'll be back again next month with the book of the month. But until next month, I mean, not until next month. Lord, you'll hear from us next week. But until next time. Until next time. Bye-bye.